getting ready for the word. Are y'all ready for the word? Go to Mark 11, verse 14. We're going to read the scripture Kenneth E. Hagin put in the Bible. You know he didn't, but he's been, I guess he's been accused of it. So imagine if one man can get that much out of one scripture, what could he have done with two? What could you and I do with two scriptures? Today's sermon is called Have Faith in God. I actually renamed it, but I didn't call Nikki because I always change my sermon titles. I should, I should have called it Trust Not Try. I want to talk about, first of all, the times we're living in, and I want to talk about having faith in God. So, so let's, let's just read. Let's just read verse um, 11. My, the, 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 something's turning my page. Jesus, verse 16, Jesus said to it, talking to a tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again, and his disciples heard it. It's, the, the Bible says, G, Peter looked at him and said, look at the fig tree you cursed. He, he didn't cuss it. He cursed it. Now, what's the difference? That means he spoke against it. See, we do a lot more cursing than we would like to admit by the way that we talk about things. Don't curse yourself. Don't curse your business. Don't curse anything you put your hand to. Speak well. So Jesus is talking to a fig tree and, and uh, that gave you and I the right to talk to traffic lights. Am I the only one in here that talks traffic lights? I mean, I've seen the traffic lights with eternal life. I'm like, are you ever going to change? All right. I just... And then the person in front of me, I say, are you ever going to move? Please get off the phone in the name of Jesus and drive the car. Okay. Verse 20, and it says, now in the morning when they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look at the fig tree which you cursed withered away. And Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Now, we're not going to go on anymore right now and talk about the rest of it. We need to stay here a few minutes. After what he did and after what he said, what he just said was powerful. Have faith in God. Now, sometimes we've read that and then burned through it and start talking about confessing the word in the whole nine yards. But why would Jesus say that? Because there's a tendency in us to have faith in everything except him. Have faith in who? God. Now, let, let, let me go down a list here. I wrote a little list of things. Pop on the screen, um, John 15, 5. And I want to turn and read that, 15, 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. When you got saved, you did nothing. There was nothing you added to the cross. There was nothing you added to Jesus. There was nothing you did to get born again. There was nothing you did to get filled with the Holy Ghost. There was nothing you did to get Jesus out of hell. There was absolutely nothing. You have never helped you at all. I know you try. We try. 
Now let me read, let me read three more here because this is very powerful. Listen, listen to that. I'm not going to turn to these passages. In Galatians, it says, without me, you are nothing. 1 Corinthians 8 says, without me, you know nothing. And then 1 Corinthians 4 says, without me, you have nothing. That's a pretty big zero. You're not here because you are good. We're here because he's good. He who began a good work will finish it. Your future is good because God is good and you didn't add anything in the past and you aren't adding anything now. We're going to talk about worry in a minute, but I'm going to tell you what worry is. Worry is when you look at yourself and say, what am I going to do? The same thing you did last time. Absolutely nothing. Your worry is producing nothing. Now, how many of y'all have ever sat down, and you did this when you were younger? I know you did. I did it. Well, you wrote out what you were going to do with, in your life. How many of you are there? Me neither. Do you ever notice that God never read my paper on what I was going to do? I remember Lisa one time, she sat down and wrote all these things she wanted in a husband. She got to the part where he was a certain age, and he went, scratch it out. She went, oh, no. He's going to be older than me. He went, oh, somebody's got to be older than you. Let me tell you something. I love my wife, but she needed a really strong, good man. And she got one. Hallelujah. Let's think about Israel for a minute. They're in Egypt. What would have happened had not God raised up Moses? You know, think about this. God raised up Moses by himself. Took him and put him in Pharaoh's palace so he would learn what's going on by himself. Children of Israel didn't do any of that. Then he got Moses and took him off so he could train him and he brought him back, gave him a big stick. And there was 10 miracles that God did to get them out of the promised land. What did they do? They didn't do anything. Once they got them out of the promised land, he took them up to a Red Sea, and what could they do? Nothing. They had an enemy behind them, and they had a big ocean in front of them, and there was not a thing they could do about it. Moses stretched out his stick. God opened up the Red Sea. They walked through it. Their enemy was drowned. And when they got to it, they stepped into a desert where there was nothing. And yet God got water for them out of nothing. He got food for them out of nothing. He put a cloud over their head when there was a a sun beating down on their head and put a fire by night so they wouldn't freeze to death. And then God took care of them in the desert. If it wasn't for God, there wouldn't be a children of Israel. If there wasn't a God, they'd have never had a promised land. If it wasn't for God, there would be no redemption. If it wasn't for God, there wouldn't be a Jesus. I think he's been doing pretty good up until now. So then we come along and Jesus looks and says, have faith in God. I think that's a pretty good saying. Because if your faith's not in God, it's something that's not working. That's a good statement. Anyway, um, (laughs) y'all ain't amening much better than the first service, but at least you're doing a little tiny bit better. Here's the definition of worry. What am I going to do? Nothing. And here's the definition of fear. I can't fix it. 
Never mind. Go to Matthew 8. I, I, y'all, I ain't turning you loose until you either shout and get happy or... I'll keep, I'll just keep you here all day long. I, I just... Matthew 8. I appreciate that wind behind me. It is blowing my papers all over. Matthew 8, 23. You know, there are scriptures in the Bible that I love to read. And it doesn't matter how many times I read it. I still love to read it. All right, listen to this one. It says, when he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest rose on the sea. And the boat was covered in waves and he was asleep. And the disciples came to him and said, ah, we're dying. <laughs> Y'all ain't never done that. And he woke up and he said, why are you guys afraid and where is your faith? And he rebuked the waves and there was a great calm and the men marveled and said, who is he? Who is this guy? All right, now you understand that was lesson number one. But I'm going to ask you a question. He asked a question, why is it you have no faith? He also asked a question, why are you afraid? So I'm going to ask you this. Go to Matthew 14, and let me ask you. Where was their faith? It was in the boat. Their faith is in the boat. Now, let's stop for a minute. Well, Jesus told them to get in the boat. See, there's nothing wrong with boats. God just don't want you to put your faith in the boat. Let's get personal. There's nothing wrong with you having a job. Don't put your faith in it. There's nothing wrong with you having a doctor. Don't put your faith in it. There's nothing wrong with you voting for your favorite, favorite politician. Dear God, don't put your faith in them. So the next story that we're going to read is Jesus is going to break them of this idea that there's something I can do to get myself where I need to be without God. And he's training them. And he's going to teach them. And then he's going to use me today, and I'm going to teach you. Verse chapter 14, 22. Immediately Jesus got, made his disciples get in the boat and go before him the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he sent the multitudes, he went on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. And the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and it was contrary. They've been rowing that wooden thing all night long. And these guys are fishermen and they understand boats. Y'all know the story. You know where I'm going. Don't get ahead of me though. Now, on the fourth watch of the night, this is 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled. No, they were freaking out. So here comes Jesus. He's walking up and he goes, how y'all doing? And they're like, What? You look like you've been rowing hard all night. We have. Have you got where you're going? No. And they're sitting there looking at themselves in a boat, and he don't even have one. 
Right now, the thing they're trusting in isn't doing them any good. What's he doing? He's getting them ready for life. You might think that what you're going, you, you, now let's just get, per, you might think, man, that's job of mine. This job. What are you going to do if you lose it? Do you still have God? What are you going to do if friends leave? They all left me. You still got God. We're living in a perilous times, but we're not supposed to be falling apart. So Jesus is standing outside the boat this time, and uh, he said, um, good old son, how y'all doing there? <laughs> and, and Peter is looking at him and going, I want to do that. I want to I do that. And he said, come on. Where's Jesus' faith? It's in God. Now, I'm not telling you to walk across the water, but if the Lord says, walk across the water, walk across the water. If the Lord told Jesus to stay on the shore, God is responsible to get him to the other side. And he didn't have a boat. Who's responsible for you? God is. Not whether you have a job. Mary, now I want you to think about this. Mary's sitting at home minding her own business. And this dude shows up in her bedroom like a neon sign and goes, hi, Mary. And she goes, are you serious? <laughs> she had no Bible to read what's happening. And he said, I have good news for you. You're going to have a baby. And she goes, I don't even have a boyfriend. And he said, you don't need one. You got God. She's going, well, Shonda. That's Hebrew for okay. Every time we get in a problem, now don't you think the children of Israel are marching around the walls of Jericho, and God goes, We're gonna take Jericho, and they go, Anybody here got any dynamite? And we could sneak down there in the middle of the night. We could drill holes. We're gonna fill it up with dynamite. And we get out here, we could blow that wall. That sucker, calm down. But we're going to need to find a way to raise money for the dynamite. I think they have some over in Syria right now. One of us run up there. Now, see, this is the way we think. But God goes, nah, all you have to do is shout. And they're like, we shout loud, but we don't shout that loud. You shout enough for me. Because who's going to take the walls down? God's going to take the walls down. Uh, you've never done anything to get you where you are. And you aren't going to do anything to get you where you're going. But he is. Now see, that's called rest. That's why I'm preaching this. We're going to talk about how to rest in God today. No matter what happens, you're going to learn how to relax, get your hammock, eliminate, and pray in the Holy Ghost and love Jesus and enjoy your life. I don't care what ABC, CBN, and all the rest of those idiots say. And we might as well just call it like it is. So Jesus is walking on the water and he's going, guys, 
Last time you thought you were going to die because the boat was full of water, but what would you do if the boat did fill up with water? Walk home. If I said go to the other side, we're going to the other side. Because you had me in the boat. You see, see, right now, you have Jesus. He who began a good work in you. All right, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Now, don't you wish you could see this? And when you get to my, my, when we all get to heaven, I want you to all come over. I'm going to download these. Call up Gabriel and go. Is there a red box up here? We're all going to. And then we're going to rewind it. So I just have one stupid question. The Bible says Peter walked on the water, and we've all jumped on him for that. But it said he began to sink. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you stepped in a pool and began to sink? I mean, if you do that, I want to come see it. Every time I've stepped out, I went, So we got to give Peter credit. At least he got out of his boat. Let me tell you something. God would rather you get out of your, whatever you're putting your faith in and put your faith totally in God. He'd rather you fail outside the boat than to sit in it. Amen. Now understand that in the days we're living in, the world has become very fearful. What are you going to do if gas goes to <laughs> Trust God. Boy, that didn't get a whole lot of amens. God's not sitting up there going, Gabriel, oh, $10. The devil is a nut. And God's laughing at him. I think I'll laugh at him. All right. I have a book. And now it's... It's a bedtime story, and you better not fall asleep. I have a story that I like to read, and I read it to myself sometimes. Because sometimes I've read stories that have helped me in my life. And here's one of them that I read years ago. And John G. Lake is telling the story about when he was younger. He says, when I was a boy, I used to visit the Sulaks in St. Saul Marie, Michigan, where my home was. One day, a sailor was up in the mast, and he lost his balance and shot over the ship into the water. Another sailor stood on the railing of the ship and watched him. He went down, and he came up. And he went down, and he came up again. And everything was foam around him. Still, the fellow stood there. And when that chap went down a third time, limp, and just as he disappeared, he shot into the water, and he came up with him. A couple of the gentlemen standing by said, that fellow's taken men out of the water before. He has to wait until all the kick is out of them. Or they'll drown him and their self. Now let's talk about God for a minute. While you're worrying and kicking, God's up there going, let them quit kicking. What am I going to do? 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 What am I? God is just sitting there going, When they quit worrying about the time that they're going under, they will call on me and say, I don't know what to do, and if you don't help me, I'm going to die. And God goes, Gabriel, go get them. 
Now, how many of y'all have ever been there? Don't go back. Don't make God wait until all the kick is out. All of your efforts are doing you nothing. You didn't save you. You can't heal yourself. You can't bless yourself. And you can't keep yourself. But he can. So I'm going to finish reading this because I know you want, to read the, you want me to read the rest of it. Because there's no way in the world we can have a bedtime story if I don't finish the story. Let God have you quit sweating, quit wrestling about the most difficult group of people in the world to ever get healed as a Christian scientist. Why? Because they work so hard at it. They have been reading so many lessons and concentrating their minds on healing until they're exhausted. You've got to lead them away from that to a place where it's not try but trust. That is the secret to Christ healing. The secret of salvation is trusting God, believing him. He will do it. And when your mind relaxes and your soul comes to rest. Because if he does it while you're trying, you're going to take the credit for it. Look what I did. Everybody in this room has got testimony after testimony of how God got you out of a mess. And I'll guarantee you he didn't do nothing until you quit kicking. Amen. <laughs> now go back up to Mark eleven twenty three on the screen. We're going we're gonna to take another direction here. Now we've got to talk about Jesus talking to the tree for a minute. Is this good? Now, one of the things that the Lord is emphasizing on us right now in America, it is time for you and I to rest in the finished work of Jesus. God finished all of his labors before he even made Adam. He already had it all finished, and he entered his rest. God's already got your future planned way better than you know your past. Peter learned it. When they finally came and said, we're going to kill you, and he said, I'm going to need a pillow. And he went in there and rolled up like a baby and went to sleep because he, he said, I ain't going anywhere until it's my time. One of the greatest things you'll ever do is just roll over in bed and go, God, you got this. That's faith. All right, now he gave us a key, so let's read it. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says will be done, he'll have what he what? Says. That scripture does not have an expiration date either. Now, he did not say until April, I mean, until June 2022. After that, it's all over, baby. You're on your own. Say, I can have what I say. There's one thing Satan can't control. It's the church. He is not controlling what happens to you. I'm going to give you some good news. The government can't control the church. Amen. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Amen. And the, in Washington and the gates of hell 
and the European Union and the New World Order won't be able to do a stinking thing about it. My church is going to grow when I say it grow. There will be healings when I say they're healed. There will be salvations when there will be salvation. And I will prosper my church. I will bless them. And there's not a thing you can do about it. Our best days are ahead of us. God's trying to get us to, to enter his presence and relax and just go, there is a God and I'm not him. So let's talk about this thing called the, the word in your mouth. Let's talk about this, this ability that God gave us as a church. That, listen to me, this thing works. You say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Shut up. You, you, you are cursing yourself. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming in. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Coming in, going out, I'm blessed. I have the wisdom of God. Now, I told a story last week and the week before, and Barbara knows who I'm talking about, Pastor Opicho. Let me, let me go over the stories a little bit because I'm going to tell you one more today that will kind of top off all the rest of them. Pastor Opicho is the pastor that I went to see in Nakuru, Kenya. And I preached in his church. And when we got there, he put me in a Toyota Corolla that, good Lord, was like 100 years old. Even Methuselah had ridden his car. And they're riding down a dusty white road and all the dust is coming in. And I have on a black suit and I look like Casper the Friendly Ghost when I step out of this thing. And we're driving down a road that is so bumpy that if you went into one of the potholes, you lost sight of the landscape. That's, that's not, this is a real pothole, guy. This ain't a bump. This is a crater. And we're going in them and out of them all the way to the church. He never got out of first gear. And so I made the bright idea to go, I call the word, this, this road flat. You heard me tell the story. If you weren't, shame on you. You should have been in church. All right, we learned later that when he got back that someone mysteriously paved that road. But before that, he had taken me to a preserve. I think that's what we call them. And it was an animal preserve in Kenya that was like 100,000 acres, and it was like 100 miles across. It was huge elephants, giraffes, and, and you name it. Every little animal you've ever seen on, uh, on, on um, Lion King was there. I, it, and so I was there. I didn't hear the music. I didn't see the monkey. But anyway. <laughs> so I'm there. And, I, and, and so we pull into the preserve and we're still in this little Corolla. And we're driving around. And, I, and, and so I got out and I took my camera and I took a picture of a hippopotamus. And he didn't like it. He chased me back into my car. I got in the car and away we went. And I did that with a rhino and I did that with, because I didn't have a lens. I, I couldn't, I got out of the car. He goes, don't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. And so I would take pictures and then the animals would chase me and I would run and dive in the car and Pastor Picho would take off. So we're coming down the old road and I said, I want to see a lion. And Pastor Opicho in all of his great experience, said, you'll probably not see a lion today. And I said, I will see a lion today. 
And he is now going to get aggravated at this arrogant American who thinks he's going to see a lion just because he wants to. And so he informed me. Now, Pastor Morgan, I've been living here in Nakuru all of my life. I have been coming to this preserve since I was a boy. I have never seen Simba. That's, that's what Swahili for lion. You, you thought it was his name, but it wasn't. And so I looked at him and I said, well, I will see a lion. And he got really aggravated. Pastor Morgan, now do not be discouraged. I said, I'm not discouraged. I said, we're going to see a lion. Oh! I've been coming here all of my life. I live here. This is my home. I know what I'm talking about. I said, oh, I'm glad. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whatever I desire, when I pray, believe it, I receive it, I have it. If I say, I said, I will see a lion. Oh. Well, see, he's already had this argument with me about the road. Now he's arguing with me about a lion. Arrogant preacher. We come around a corner, and right out of my window, right there, Simba. And Pastor Pichu goes, oh, my God. I've been coming here all in my life. I've never seen the symbol. And this American comes and says, I believe a sealer. I have a lion. I want to see a lion. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says you can see a lion. They pull around the corner and Simba laying there in the road. Well, I reach down to roll the window down. And this is the one time I listened to him. And he said, you close that window because he will get in this car before you can roll it up. And I'm not going to explain to Pastor Lisa why I had to leave you in Africa in the belly of a lion. <laughs> and so I listened to him and I rolled my window up and I said, God, move him so I can take a picture. Simba got up, began to walk through the prairie and I rolled the window down and boom. Folks, that's cool. Now, let me ask you a question. If that would work on someone just wanting to see a lion, could it work for your business? How is your business? Thank you. Say awesome. Blessed. Everything I put my hand to prosperous. We will see increase. We have favor with God and man. Come on, y'all, listen to me. Jesus said, have faith in God. We're not putting our faith in ourselves. Our faith is in God. Jesus said, you can have what you say. Hallelujah. 
I had another picture of him. So when we got home, someone graded the road. And he said, Pastor Morgan, nobody in Africa grades roads. But in the middle of the night, and we didn't hear anyone. We woke up in the morning and the road had been graded. Now you think that if God would grade a road, because I called it flat. He said he'll make a crooked way straight. I will run and I'm not weary. I will walk and I'm not faint. Jesus is standing on the water and looking at guys who are trusting in a boat going, how y'all boys doing? Whatever your faith is in right now other than God, change that. Because the days ahead, the boat's not going to work. They've got more pandemics for you. They got a monkey one. Oh, God help them. Oh. You, you, you say, well, Pastor, you're taking it light. Let me, let me say it to you this way. I would rather obey God and die walking on water than to die in a boat that's going to sink without him. Boats won't save you. Nothing else in the days ahead is going to save you. When you go in the desert, if God don't make water, you're going to thirst to death. If he don't make manna, you're going to go hungry. But listen, he, he said, we're under a new covenant, better promises. The greater one lives on the inside of us. All right, all right. Now, I'm not done. I'm just now cranking up and getting started. Okay, let's, are y'all all right? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I mean, you should have seen his face when we came around a corner and there's a lion, not just that we saw him, he's three feet away. God wanted me to see the flies on his ears. And I'm there, I mean, I'm, I'm from here to you looking at this lion and going, there's me a lion. Who else could bring a lion, make him lay in a ditch where I'm going to drive by and see it in the morning? If, he would, if I could do that, surely he could have someone that's going to bring me a contract to make me a million dollars. Boy, don't shout me down. I'm preaching way better than you amen in. What are you saying? I don't know what we're going to do. There's the other one right there. This is when you can see where I was. You can see where I was parked right there. And he wasn't, and then this is the first picture. The other one's the second picture. And I mean, he, I mean, he was here t- right there. Yeah, that's, no, that's the road in the thing. That's, that road's actually flat because the government does take care of it. Okay. Isn't God good? You, you know, I, I got to tell you this. If you're going to walk by faith, you, you're going to deal with something. People are going to call you arrogant because what you're saying makes no sense. How does it work? 
I have no idea. Listen, don't even ask me how my cell phone works. I don't know how that works either. How does me texting and it bounces off a satellite someplace, pops in Lisa's phone at Publix and says, get bread. Don't look at me and tell me you know. You don't know either. And then take a picture and video it and send it to somebody overseas. Now, I don't know how that works either. But don't tell me it doesn't because we do it all the time. Do you understand? God, God's not impressed with our texting. He's been doing this in the spirit for years. Your prayers right now affect people, and, and, you, and you're not, you don't even have a device in your hand on a battery. Your words are affecting you, whether you understand it or not. They are working for you, or they are working against you, but they are working. All right. That's good preaching. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. This commandment which I command you today, it ain't too mysterious for you. It ain't that far off. It's not up here in heaven. You got to say somebody's going to have to go up there and bring the blessing down. Somebody got to go up there and get a hold of Jesus. We got to get a hold of God right now. We got to get a hold of God. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, my God, we got to get a hold of God. Ha, 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 You ever watch people pray? You know what that's supposed to do? Help your prayers. You think I'm joking. You ought to watch people pray. We got to get up there in heaven. We got we to storm the gates of heaven. My God, we got a problem. Somebody get in there. Storm the gates of heaven. Get a hold of God. Get a hold of God. Get, just got to get a hold of God. Oh, God, help me. Help me. Help me, God. Oh, somebody pray through. Pray through. Y'all laughing, but this is serious. Here's, this is Robert. How long have you been coming to church here? Answer for him. He's in, uh, no idea. Six months. Six months? Where did he come from? Prison. Okay. And you brought him, and he didn't have a job, and he didn't have a house. And he walked in my office and got filled with a Holy Ghost. And that, that truck out there with the well is, is Robert's business. And that car is behind it. That's his car. And he just put a well in my house the other day. And I'm going to tell on you, he didn't charge me 10 cents. And he told me, he says, ever since I walked in this church, God's been blessing me, blessing me. And just blessing me. Is that true? Yeah. 
See, some of y'all don't hear all the stuff that goes on in this church. There's a lot of people's lives get changed from the Word. This is a great, great guy right here. He came over there and put the tank in, then we put the well in, and now my water tastes good again, and all the mud is out of it. And, and I mean, it was just like glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But God has been blessing this man. Amen. Amen. And he sits there with the word of God and opens up his Bible. And, and listen, God got him out of a mess. He turned his heart to God and God got him out of a, there's not a human being that could have got him out of the mess he was in. And his best days are ahead. What about you? I'm going to read something to you and I want you to pay attention to what I'm fixing to read. This is very important. Nor is it beyond the sea, nor is it in Tulsa, nor is it in Tampa. Now, I said that because, you know, so often we think we got to go, man, if we could just get Jonathan here. Well, I want Jonathan to come preach, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm not waiting on Jonathan. I'm not waiting on Rodney, and I ain't waiting on Kenneth Copeland. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm just going to hair lip Bear Creek. And all the apostles left Jerusalem, went to India and Africa to go preach the gospel. How many of them got back to Jerusalem for a refreshing? I'm going to come over here and preach. We got to get back for a be refilled. I'm, 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 I go to meetings because I need to get out of a popkin. I want to spend time with God. But I don't need to go to the meeting to get a hold of God. I can get a hold of God right now in my house. Boy. Listen, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember the day you got born again? Do you remember how it happened? You said with your mouth, I believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead and he's Lord and all your sins were vanished and you were turned into a son of God instantly and all you did was say something. Say wow. And then one day you walked into a church like this and we were running around going shandai, shandai, tie your bow tie. And you turned to someone and said, what is that? Well, that's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, y'all. Paul was Southern. I speak in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> and you walked up here and said, how do you get that? Well, Luke 11 says, if you ask him, he'll give it to you. And you did the same thing. You said, Heavenly Father, I'm going to ask you to fill me. And I believe that you have in Jesus' name. And you opened up your mouth and started talking in a heavenly language. Now you didn't do anything. All of that was in your mouth. Now what about everything else you're dealing with right now? Where is it? It's in your mouth. <laughs> Boy, this is so good. Where this sermon came from, the Lord dealt with me the other day, and he said, I want you to rest. Yes. 
I want you to rest. I want you to quit trying. Rest. Paul and Silas were in jail. Backs bleeding, beat, chains, feet on the... And they prayed and sang. Satan can't create a bondage that your faith can't break. And all they did was sing. And they're not laying there worrying. Just rest. Ha, 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 ha. I got one more scripture, I think. Philippians 4. Is this good? I believe that my assignment today is to get you. Well, no, that's not what I want to go to. Where is what I want to go to? It's here. Hebrews 4. Go to Hebrews 4. I knew I was missing one. since the start of the service the Spirit of God has been dealing with us about resting Hebrews 4.10 there, there, let's read 9 there remains therefore a rest for the people of God for he who entered his rest has himself ceased from his works as God did his faith when you stop working and you trust the finished work of Jesus what am I going to do same thing you always did nothing <laughs> and you're going to go God you begin a good work and you'll complete it let me finish reading this let us therefore be diligent to enter rest. God wants you and I to quit struggling with what's going on in the world around us. It's time to quit allowing it to agitate you or whatever you're going through to bother you. You let God do his job. The hardest people to get healed are people who study food. I eat right, and I believe in eating right. I, I don't eat white bread. I don't eat sugar. I don't eat. But I'm going to tell you something I'm not going to do is sit around on the Internet and study food. The Bible says I can eat any deadly thing. Don't study your disease Study the Word. Because after you study it, there ain't a thing you can do about it. The doctor studied it and they can't do anything. How, what are you going to do? Become a doctor so you can help yourself? I, I got a couple of questions for y'all. What college did Solomon go to? He didn't even go to high school. What military school did David go to? 
Hey, just a boy. Goliath went, what? I've been training every day with the Navy SEALs. And you got this pimple-faced kid with a rock? And he went, well, it's not going to be me, but God's going to help. And I'm fixing to kill you. And then I'm going to take your sword and I'm going to whack your head off. And I'm going to go get Saul's daughter and marry her. Ha! Don't y'all want to see that video? And don't you want to see this? I mean, don't you think Goliath's like, you sent a boy? You know, somebody said to me one time, says, I'm amazed that God uses you, Pastor. I said, me too. You have no idea how dumb I am. <laughs> Robert, he dug me out of the... I got born again. I had to go buy shoes to go to Ramah. Shoes. My first suit was a Levi suit and dingo boots. I showed up at Rama in a Levi suit. I'm here to go change the world. And they went, oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> All right, now... The last scripture. Turn to your neighbor and said, I'm glad you came today. Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in what? Not in yourself. Worry is faith in you. You can stop that one. <laughs> Do I have time to tell my, my, my little bird story? I want to tell my little bird story so bad. Again, I say, rejoice. Let's go to the next one. Let your gentleness be known to man. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for what? Absolutely nothing. So I, I'm going to tell it quickly because many of you have heard it many times. But, but you know, just because you heard something one time, there's something about repetition that helps us. But I want to back up a minute and explain to you what happened to me, what was going on in me. When I graduated from Rama, I had this, I was very excited that I had a call of God on my life and I'm going to go preach the gospel. And I helped God a lot. I did. And through it all, I came here and became a youth pastor, worked with Tom. And then I went through a divorce. When you're divorced and you work in a church as a youth pastor and your wife is gone, that's not the best environment to put your teenagers in. So they asked me to step down, which I gladly did. And I went and got a secular job. Now think about this for a minute. What do you think Satan's doing in my head? I've obeyed God. I've lost a wife, children, friends, no longer in ministry, and I'm barely eating. 
And the devil's going, well, look at you. And all of the people that disobeyed God, they all have good jobs and making money. And, 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 I, and my life is a total wreck. And the devil is just beating me to no end. Well, I'm coming up I drive because I'd been building the hotels down there. And it was a Thursday afternoon. It started raining. And we weren't going to work the rest of the day. And I wasn't going to work the next day. And I was already completely out of money. And I'm going home to a refrigerator with nothing in it. And no one. I'm depressed. I'm worried. What am I going to do? That was when he told me the story of the little creature. And many of you have heard it over and over and over. But I'm sitting in my car and I said, God. I mean, say something. I need, I need to hear from heaven. This is not good. And I'm sitting in my car and the Lord goes, want to hear a story? <laughs> It's raining. It's just raining. I mean, I'm depressed. It's raining outside. It's raining inside. And he goes, want to hear a story? And I'm like, yeah. Beats anything else I've done all day. And he told me the story of the little creature. And many of you have heard the story so many times. The little creature who jumped down and wanted to get to grandmama's house and he asked the monkey and, and the gazelle and the fish and no one could help him until he bumped in the lion and the lion said close your eyes and worship God and when you open your eyes you'll know how to get to grandmama's house well most people don't know but the little creature was an eagle and I got out of my car and I began to worship God that's all I just God turned everything around that day. A few months later, I was working with Air Mobile Ministries and food was in the refrigerator and God had got me out of debt. I don't know how. But that day, he taught me a very valuable lesson and he said this to me, son, you're a new creation. I, I, I designed you to fly here with me, not to run around down there with them. You keep asking people for help. They can't help you. And man, did I ever learn my lesson. When I get in trouble, like today, like this morning, I come in here, I just worship God. Because I didn't get me here. If it was up to me, this church wouldn't even be here. God's been taking care of this church. If it was up to you, you wouldn't be here. He's been getting you where you need to be. And he's going to continue to get you where you need to be. He who began a good work. So what is faith in God? What does it look like? Probably singing. It's called get a lemonade, get your hammock, and pray in the Holy Ghost and worship God. Because when you quit kicking, he'll start helping. My God, we love to kick. Some of you are worrying yourself to death. I laid in the hospital and the doctor said, your appendix has ruptured and you are completely full of gangrene. And I went, 
Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, what am I going to do? I mean, I don't know anything about no gangrene. And I said, well, did you get a wet vac and suck it out? And he went, yes. Along with a lot of other stuff in you that happens when your appendix bust. He said, you were basically full of crap. I said, well, did you get it all? And he went, yep. And I got a piece of paper and a pencil and reached over and started working on Wednesday sermon. No, no, y'all. I don't know what to do. I got I, I to get a sermon. If I die, I die. But if I don't, I've got to be. So I came back. They patched me up, put me on an airplane, sent me home. I, I, my belly got so big, I thought I was, you know, I felt, Lisa, I know what this is like. And she goes, you don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> and I got home, and I sat in my house and worshiped God. And I walked in my church on Wednesday night, and everybody went, what are you doing here? And I went, I work here. Never took a pain pill. I'm not giving myself glory. I did nothing. I did nothing. I'm not that smart. I just sang a little bit. Worshipped God a lot. I'm either going to die or I'm going to go preach. And one to do one or the other. Give glory to God. And I'm like Robert. I'm a testimony. Of the goodness of God. So are you. Say my best days. Are ahead of me. He who began a good work. Will complete it. Say have faith. In God. I still got a lot of things I want to do, even though people keep telling me I'm old. I don't believe it. Lisa says I'm a kid, and I agree with her. Amen. Just a boy. Yes, we're on. Praise the Lord. I, said, I told Justin a minute ago, I said, I can't wait till pastor gets to heaven he's going to meet David and David's going to say I never talk like that and I was not a pimple faced kid I'm telling you I think David's going to greet him at the gate <laughs> he's like you misrepresented me <laughs> praise the Lord amen that's just how my brain works but I want you to go ahead and throw up on the screen we're all going to say this together Amen. And we're going to revisit this one scripture before you go home. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance so that I may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Amen. God, praise the Lord. Jesus is good. You need to say that every day over yourself. 
Doesn't matter what's happening. We're not oblivious to what's happening, but we have to quote what God says that even in the midst of uh, something that's happening in the world that does is around us, we will say we will never lack. We will never lack. If it has to, if, if, you know, if he has to bring it to us by a bird, we will never lack. And we keep being generous. That verse is hooked on to the first seven verses in 2 Corinthians talking about your generosity. If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously and you will never lack. Never, ever stop giving in every area of your life, of your time, of your love, of your money, of your food, of your goods. Never stop giving and will never lack. Amen. That's how this kingdom works. And so the most generous gift of all is when Father God gave Jesus to redeem us back to him. So as my altar workers are coming forward, if you're here and you want prayer for any reason, God wants to answer that prayer and he will answer it. If two agree of you or more, it shall be done for you from my Father in heaven. If you'll say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, Romans 10, 9, and 10, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You will right now, immediately be saved. Amen. Amen. There is a heaven to gain. Amen. And a hell to shun. If you're not sure where you're going, be be sure today. And that's what we're here for. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5300. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.